Ready, set, go. Ready, set, go. Three, this, two, one, go. That's a very aggressive like entry there. <laughs> Three, two, one, CrossFit style. Three, two, one, go. Throttle. Go. Get it. Hard. Win. Cheat. Hurt. <laughs> Done. This episode of the podcast is not brought to you by CrossFit. It is brought to you by a coffee company that we like a lot. 1440 Coffee Roasters out of Oregon. Excellent stuff. Use the code POWERBUILDER to... No, that's not right. POWERBUILDER1440. POWERBUILDER1440. Who is... Had moved on. Did you guys like that <laughs> that uh, theatrical pause I had? Power Builder 1440. Uh, to save a couple bucks off your order. They roast it fresh, send it to you. Packages are sealable and recyclable. So you're not like, you know, you have the, from the big coffee companies, and you're like, is this recyclable? Do I just throw it away? I'll recycle. Uh, I don't know. These ones are fully recyclable, fully biodegradable. They're really, really nice people. Most importantly, because you're spending your money on it, they do really, really good stuff. So, order some coffee, drink some coffee, have more energy, be more productive, straightforward. All right, what's the plan? What are we talking about? Sore versus hurt. Oh. Great topic. When are you sore from exercise? And when are you injured? When are you hurt? All right. This I think is that that is like... A number one, like the first thing, right? People say hurt a lot. If you can't replace that word with injured. I was going to say hurt. and in, <laughs> We could go through a whole nother one that's hurt and injured versus injured. I think that's probably a good time. So I think we could just say like they are different things. They are. You can tweak something and you're like a little hurt, but you can still carry on. Injured is, you know, I tore my bicep tendon. I'm injured. I yep. cannot use that arm. They're very different things. Yes. Hurt, little tweaks are relatively normal. Obviously, we're trying to avoid injury. Correct. All right, so sore versus hurt. And I think this is a topic, especially if we're a little bit new to fitness, that can be nebulous. Um, So something that's worth talking about and hopefully people can derive some value from. Um, But I think we're going to branch into farther into things that are... uh, Issues that people run into even as they get further into fitness, like overlapping soreness and what does that look like. And so hopefully we'll walk away with some good takeaways. So primary question, how can we tell versus if you're sore versus if you're hurt? What do you think? Well, that's a question. I thought I was just waiting for you to then keep keep going with that. How can we tell question? (laughs) (laughs) How can we tell? You know what I mean? You get it? Oh, boy. You can tell it's Sunday morning. Sore. Aches. Little, like, eh. I feel that I, I did something yesterday. Like, squatting is a great example. Uh, one that we use often because it is a pretty prevalent movement uh, that we use with our clients. Um, and so if you're quads right you're feeling a little i got out of bed i feel that i worked out yesterday probably puts us in the that sore boat right it's after after the fact several hours maybe a day or so later potentially even two days correct and i would say also with soreness it dissipates as time goes on so over the course of one to 
three or four days, maybe soreness goes down as time passes, whereas maybe the opposite is valid for hurt or injured. Yeah, I think that it's, it's, it's important to pay attention to your body as you are moving, right? Because sometimes it's just a first thing in the morning, you feel everything. Um, and then as you kind of get moving throughout your day, you start to feel feel better. Yeah, I think that's that's probably the best way to think about it is uh, delayed onset, which would be soreness. The technical name for soreness is delayed onset muscle soreness because um, it doesn't happen right away generally versus an acute immediate pain, right? So and I think if you really think about this, it's pretty easy to tell the difference. If you uh, get a little sore from deadlifting in your spinal erectors, like the musculature of your low back and your glutes and your hamstrings, and that's like, so the next day you're tight, you go to put on your shoes and you're like, oh boy. That's tends to be something like delayed onset muscle soreness. If you feel like a pull or a pop and then your back immediately starts to tighten when you're deadlifting and you get and you feel like in your mind, I cannot and do not want to do any more reps at my working weight, that can be an indication. That's like your brain telling you that, that you might be a little bit hurt. You might have tweaked something. And hopefully it's just a tweak. But they're very different feelings. And sometimes I think what we have to do is just slow down for a second and be a little bit thoughtful about which of the those two kind of markers on the polarity line we're closer to. So is it a day or two later and your, your quads are really, really sore and you squatted a lot on a Tuesday? Or is it in the moment and you felt something like kind of tweak and it's getting like worse and worse as you go? Yeah, and I think that one, obviously, we have to be a little bit more careful um, because hurt and injured, there is a little bit of a fine line there. And so we want to be uh, mindful about how we then proceed throughout the rest of our training session because uh, obviously we don't want to make matters worse, especially if all you need is time to kind of take a step back, stop doing the movement that you're doing uh, as a way to prevent going into that injury realm yeah or look at too like sometimes you have something that isn't agreeing with you on a given day right your hip just is a little angry with you so barbell squatting doesn't feel great but it doesn't mean you can't complete the rest of your session so that's where we also don't want to start to use these things as excuses or outs like yeah like like if you you know accepting that certain days of your programming might be harder than others, particularly lower body days tend to be much more physically and emotionally taxing than upper body days. So sometimes it, you know, it can be easy to get yourself into the, the trap of finding a way out of that. Um, so we want to just to make sure that we're exhausting all of our options before we decide to hang something up. So it's definitely okay to do that. And that happens to everybody. Certainly it's happened to all three of us more than once, but you know, given your goals, it's important to start to look at, you know, are there alternatives that you can do that don't cause further discomfort and you're able to get through your session as productively as possible, obviously without putting yourself at further injury risk. We're not going to certainly never encourage someone to do that. Um, but just to, again, be, think about being thoughtful about it. Yeah. And I think, uh, for me, an example that comes to mind is, is 
I have an issue with my right knee, uh, and there will be sometimes in squatting uh, that I'll feel a pop. And like there are times where it's just like once that happens, like I'm good to go and can keep continuing through my session. And then there are other times that it's like my knee just doesn't want to complete that movement anymore. And it's like time time to be done. Uh, and so it is a thing. It's like if something like that were to happen, take a second. Were you able to complete the rep of, or whatever it is that you were doing? Um, and with, you know, your normal rest time, able to go right back to it and everything was fine. Um, or, you know, you test it again and you're like, yeah, nope, that's, that's not, that's not working for the day. Yeah. I think it's, I, like you said, you just have to be thoughtful about it. And I think it's like, you don't have to look into it that much. Like you kind of, you'll like your body naturally knows both things are natural kind of tendencies in terms of being sore and then also getting hurt. Like both, both things naturally happen throughout the course of life and have been happening for thousands of years. So I think you're, you can inherently have kind of a touch for what's going on. Yeah, and I think the other part of that is is kind of your mindset in it, right? If if immediately something happens in in the moment and you're like, "Oh no, like I'm done." And you, you then like defeat yourself because you've let it get to you that much. Um, you know, that can that can have negative effects whereas if you're like, "All right, you know what? I'm okay." Rack the barbell, put the dumbbells down, whatever it is, take a second and be calm in that situation, uh, you can put yourself in a better mind space for that. I think it's also in kind of as a branch off of that, even if it is something where you need to say end your session and you tweak yourself pretty well, um, it's important to understand that your body has a really well-developed ability to heal itself. And so obviously the most obvious example of this is if you have like a cut on your hand, it will heal itself. Unless it's a severe, severe cut, obviously you can just stitch it, stitch it up. But again, the whole stitching process is so that your body can heal it. And so clearly there are limits to this. If you tear a muscle off the bone, it's not gonna just, you know, if you tear it completely, it's not gonna heal itself. Uh, you have to have it like mechanically healed. But, you know, a lot of the stuff, tweaks and things like that, will go away with a little bit of time. And so what we have to look at is simply not continuing to re-aggravate them. And again, that's where we have to just be a little bit thoughtful about movement patterns that bother it versus others that don't and, and being patient. But I think that's, to what you're saying, in the moment, it can be pretty frustrating and maybe a little bit scary, and that's okay, but we just have to keep it in perspective that it's not, the world's not gonna come crashing down. You just might not be able to do split squats that day. Like, it's just not not ultimately that big of a deal. So, now that we've kind of developed a stance between the two, hurt and sore, what are some thoughts on, like, reducing soreness so there's tons of brands and products out there that's really that like <laughs> quote unquote speed up recovery biohacking if you will uh like electric muscle stimulation cryotherapy uh there's i mean massage guns so foam much. rolling stretching massages in general 
sleep. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, again, it goes back to, like, your body naturally heals itself. And so just taking the time, rest, sleep, hydration, like, it's going to get you 99% of the way there. Uh, yes, sometimes doing some stretching, some foam rolling, getting a massage, doing those sorts of actual, like, manual manipulation um, can help. And a lot of times that's more, like, our brain it's a calming effect right it's that mindset it's that thought process um, that does more really for your brain than for your body um, and so to think that the answer is I'm just gonna spend four hours every night stretching probably not really needed uh, in that regard if it helps and you you know helps you to relax so that you can then sleep better, then great. Um, but uh, outside of that, my blood pressure goes up. <laughs> this kind of stuff because it is this whole world. It's an entire industry of hacks and pills, potions, and powders. And if you just do this, if you just see this specialist. If you just if you just put if you I don't know light a match under a glass thing and put it on your back like that that's gonna do something <laughs> like it's they've done so many studies their entire books about uh, uh, the recovery book is a really good one because it looks into all these modalities how much should I train is the uh, is the technical name it's an excellent book none of those modalities affect materially affect your recovery your quote-unquote healing the ones that do so those things that you put on your legs you know what i mean and they blow up the normatec things mm -hmm. or taking ibuprofen NSAIDs what they do is yes they allow you to recover but they do it at the expense of adaptation so all that squatting that you just did to get you closer to your goal when you go home and hammer Advil because you don't like the discomfort of soreness, you just nullified it all. Or you get yourself, you don't know, if you have unlimited amount of money and you have Normatec leg things at your house, uh, it, it literally blunts or stops entirely the adaptation process. Now the reason that those things have value is for in-season athletes. So for example, if you're an NHL hockey player, they're not trying to adapt and get better over the course of the season. That's over. So what they're trying to do is recover so they can play the next game on the next day or two days later. So for them, recovery things like ice baths and cryotherapy and Normatec things have value because it's so they can play. Because if they can't play, they lose their job. For the average recreational athlete who is trying to improve, it actually is the potentially the worst thing you can do. So what we want to do, if we're sore uh, and we're trying to heat recovery, and stretching has the same thing. People are like, well, yeah, my legs are sore, so I just stretched for 45 minutes. It's like, well, that did nothing. I appreciate the effort, but that did nothing. Um, it's just let time run its course. Like, go for a walk. Like, try not to be sedentary, because that can make it feel worse. Um, but just accept that, like this is this is how it works. You requ you recover require recovery time. There is, there are no hacks. It's just time. Right. To to give you an analogy, right? It's it's like you go out on, on a night of drinking and assume that like the next day you're just going to be able to eat, drink some water, and like 
again, take some Advil or something like that and you're, it's your hangover cure, right? Like, no, at the end of the day, the only way that that's going to go away is with time. Your body needs the time to heal the damage that you've done to it. So the same is true. And when you want to grow your muscles, that is when that happens. It is during that recovery time, that adaptation time, that your muscles are repairing itself. Uh, so again, if if muscle muscle growth is important to you, then you know spending time sitting in an ice bath or taking some Aleve or Tylenol or whatever to give you some relief in the moment uh, is just hindering progress. I think it's like you have to think of like your natural, what you need, what your body needs. So eating enough, drinking enough, movement throughout the day, and sleep. Those things are, if you think like thousands of years ago, you still had to, your body still had to heal itself, but there is no being sore was still there, being hurt was still there, but there is no Norma Tech and all that stuff. So that was part of daily life. So you went out and you did whatever work, whether it's like hunting something down or gathering stuff or moving some heavy object, and then you would eat a lot and you would sleep a lot, way more than we sleep now. So and you are moving throughout the day like it's not that hard to transfer over because those things play a role like sleep is going to do so much more than strapping the normal tech boots onto you while you watch a netflix show um yeah i think you, if you just have to think like well what does it like what do you actually naturally need and then more than likely i'd say that the majority of our clients or majority of the population, one of those things is lagging. And like, it's why would you just take the low hanging fruit and fix one of those, potentially increase your recoverability and maybe not be as sore for as long? Yeah, I think you have to get away from the idea that you can buy some kind of product. It's going to enhance your recovery uh, when your other stuff isn't inherently dialed in. So it's like you don't need to buy Ramwad or any of this kind of stuff unless you're brutally tight. Like unless you have a level of mobility or a lack thereof that really hinders you from engaging in full range of motion movement, then like that's a little bit different. But if you're like mobile enough that you can squat to depth and you can get in like a you can keep your back in a spinally neutral position and you can like press overhead and fully extend your arms, like what are we doing? Like where what mo- mobility are we trying to find with that? Right. And remember, this is we're associating this with soreness. We're associating this with being hurt, um, that we want our body to naturally repair and take care of itself. Uh, and so using a lot of external things is not going to be natural for our body. And it will do what it needs to do to bring you back to normal if you allow it to. What about, let's go on the opposite end of the spectrum. Let's say, like, so we're kind of preaching, like, natural. What about, like, rubbing, like, essential oils on your stuff, on your on yourself to, <laughs> like, get rid of soreness? Yeah, ask yourself, does that seem like it makes sense? <laughs> ask that to yourself. Does that seem like something that's legitimate? Or does it seem like something that might be of dubious efficacy? 
again, it goes back to like your mindset about things, right? Like sometimes we do things because it allows us to calm down, right? Take a deep breath um, and remove kind of that from the forefront of our brain. And so, yes, like to a certain extent, sometimes those things are warranted, right? Like taking an ibuprofen at night so you can sleep, like for some people is needed if you are in that much pain, right? Like at the end of the day, the goal is sleep. The goal is recovery. So again, time and place, but it's not, it isn't going to be a magic fix all. Like, bam, I do this one thing, whether it's massage, cryotherapy, like essential oils, what, whatever. Like it, it's not going to fix you in the moment. It is part of the reality of just needing time to get back to normal. So I'll play devil's advocate with that and say if you need, if you feel like you need Advil to make you, you're in that much pain to, like you're that sore that you need Advil to sleep, then maybe there's inherently something wrong with your program that you're that wrecked. So what's the, let's talk about the difference between soreness, delayed onset muscle soreness and uh, like being overreached. Profound soreness. So I think that's a great segue. And last thing about like uh, what you were just saying before we move on. Uh, if you, if something helps you with adherence, so if getting a massage every other week is something that you enjoy and it helps you generally with adherence and you feel a zillion times better when you leave the massage, then by all means, I think all three of us would say you should do it. However, uh, it doesn't fundamentally help you recover. And, and Amanda, you alluded to this. So the idea of compassionate touch, which is massage, is uh, does relax you and does help you feel better. In terms of recovery, in the technical sense, it doesn't do anything for you. However, this is no different than like if your tradition is you work out and then you go to Starbucks and buy yourself a coffee, if that helps you with adherence and that makes the entire pro or you have a protein shake and you really like the flavor of it, do it. That's fine. That's not a big deal. But just don't expect some magical recovery ability or because some influencer you saw on Instagram does some kind of thing, assume that you should do it too. Because almost certainly uh, their reasoning is different than yours. So yeah, segueing to... Uh, some soreness versus profound soreness, overlapping soreness. Let's talk about that. So um, I think we've all seen this. We've all done something where you get profoundly sore, like a squat, and then you're, you're literally sore for 10 days. Um, that is not where we want to be. <laughs> no. So let's talk a little bit about the spectrum. I'll turn it back to you guys of where how we can use soreness for a proxy as a proxy of benefit versus where it actually is an indi indicator of that you uh, took potentially took steps backwards. Yeah, so like we kind of said, like you will probably want to experience soreness in a given muscle group that you target it on, we'll say Monday, for a handful of days. So one, two, three, four on the high end. Um, 
And then anything after that, you're most likely going to have overlapping soreness, which means that if you did uh, squatting stuff on Monday and then you're going to again on Thursday, Thursday comes around and your legs are still sore, that's overlapping soreness. So you're still sore when you go to do the, that muscle group again. So that essentially means it, your body hasn't recovered and adapted, so you are just doing more damage before damage is like already you know fixed it's like taking a like broken down building and then putting a few bricks back and then wrecking into it again with a semi truck it's Um, like you skin your knee uh and your your body starts to heal it but every day you or like three days later you take sandpaper and you rub it on that wound you just you just or it's like you punch somebody and they fall down and they're trying to get back up. You just punch them again before they get back up. You like that one? That's oh a little more aggressive. Yeah, that, that's a little more aggressive. Um. Uh, so, yeah. So I think there's, there's, and that's a huge indicator of too much volume if you have overlapping soreness because obviously you can't recover. Um, or maybe if you have zero soreness ever, then that's also an indicator of maybe not quite enough volume. We see this all the time. So this is a reason, if you're a client, why your programming is progressive in terms of volume, especially if you're in a hypertrophy block, why it starts with relatively low volume, which you chances are still get significantly sore from, and why it climbs over time. Um, And even with strength training, we we do the same thing. Like you just don't want to train a given movement pattern or muscle group if you're not fully recovered. Number one, because then you put yourself at increased risk of injury you still have these little micro tears in your muscle, you can make them into macro tears if you're not careful or if you continue to do that, um, but also in terms so that, so that you can adapt, right? Like there's an adapt- adaptation time. Now, what we're not saying is it, it, you don't want to still be very sore, uh, it, but if you detect some a small amount of soreness in the target muscle, you, stand, you still can go through that session, but you need to either note to your coach or, you know, if no one's, no one's doing programming to you, you need to note to yourself that that next week you need to certainly not add volume because you, need, you didn't recover from the amount of volume you had before. So to add more on top of that would be senseless. I think we, we need to go back to like the topic of a thinking athlete, right? Like you need to be thinking about your training. And so if you are squatting on Monday, and you come in for your next leg session or lower body day, and maybe that's a Thursday, if you start out with a little like sore because it's been a few days since you've trained, like, but then once you start moving, you feel fine, that is different than if you're going through your session and you just start to get more sore or you start to get more tight then that, that there is a difference with that. And so we think that's what we're trying to express is for you to really think about like how your body's reacting to your training, how your body's reacting to your recovery and where is there potential in interference? And when is it just like, oh, I just needed to get moving. You just needed to get used to moving in this position, whatever the case may be. Yeah, I think it's uh, a company that we work with put it the best way that you kind of gauge it after like two or three warm-up sets so like once you're two or three warm-up sets in you kind of have a feel for like okay this is not feeling how it should be or maybe the opposite maybe it feels great and you're going to absolutely wreck it 
Um, and then you can kind of go from there in terms of like, I'm still got a little movement in and I'm still tight and sore versus I feel normal versus I feel unbelievable. I think this is something for people who don't work directly with a coach who's, who is like personalizing programming is even if you're doing your own work in a gym or if you're, if you're participating in like a group class setting where everybody's doing the same thing. You have to still, we would encourage you to be a thinking athlete, right? So if you haven't bench pressed in like a month or weeks and you see that it's six working sets of bench press, that almost certainly does not make a ton of sense for you to do. It would make way more sense for you to do like two or three working sets. You're still going to get plenty of stimulus. You're still going to get plenty sore. But you're not going to get overreach. And I think sometimes... We see the opposite problem too of sore versus hurt versus uh, which is using level of soreness as a proxy for like how good your workout was like oh i got wrecked from that one or like you know how hard you sweated or like how how awful you feel at the end you know what i mean i did fight gone bad and i couldn't talk like you know what i mean that you like that it's you know just rip your shirt off yeah, after like i can't i couldn't you know I didn't recognize my wife afterwards. It's like, are you insane? Like, so I think that's the other thing too, is we can use soreness as an excellent proxy for uh, progress, but the goal is not to get bananas sore. The goal is not to be like, yeah, oh, I couldn't brush my teeth. You know what I mean? Like the the idea is that. It is just an indicator. It's not the most important thing or the only thing. And in many cases, may actually not even be indicative of, uh, like damage to the muscle may not actually be what makes it grow. They're not entirely sure. Well, and then there's an also, and this is where we, you know, addressed overlapping soreness, right? Is so you may feel like terrible after your workout, right? Uh, which may or may not be a good thing. But then if like, an hour later, you're like, yeah, I'm great. It, again, it, it's just all in context to what you're doing and what your goals are uh, and, and the adaptation that you can have as a person, right? So the three of us at this table can all back squat tomorrow and com feel completely different right after the workout on Tuesday and then even on Wednesday. Um, we all put forth a lot of effort, regardless of whether it's week one or week five. Um, but our bodies are just different. And so it's learning how your body responds and then planning accordingly with everything else and why it's important that just your hour in the gym is not what matters most. It's everything else. So I think we've kind of covered sore versus hurt versus overreached overlapping soreness all of that stuff what do we want to feel when we're leaving a session or later in the day uh after a session oh great question you're great with the segues and questions today on it that major melon yeah the major melon. i mean i'll tell you what this tastes like dreams major melon zero sugar don't even sweat it healthier basically with every can do you think uh pepsi or coke whichever one uh, i think they're pepsi uh, yeah pepsi will sponsor us because of that if they want to 
Shoot us an e shoot us an email, Ryan at the aerobicpowerbuilder.com. Let's talk. Yes, Zero sugar. Let's let's talk. Let's go back to Rice question. <laughs> Zero sugar. We're not saying have the regular kind. Zero mm. sugar. Take it easy. Take her easy. People just drove off the road. Take it easy. <laughs> Take it easy. I'm not saying we have nine a day. One's fine. Anyway. <laughs> Man, this is so my fourth. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, like, what should we? What are we supposed to feel later in the day oh. after a session? I work out. I finished my workout at noon. I went home. <laughs> <laughs> I had some rice and chicken, turkey, whatever. Whatever. Four p.m. How should I be feeling? Uh, you know, so I think this is a great indication, regardless of the training block that you're in. So either way, uh, if we're engaging in a movement pattern, you should feel like technically what we could think of as perturbation. So basically what that means in everyday English is like that you did something, right? So if you squatted, you should feel, your quad should feel tired. If you're going up and down steps, it's not like you, we don't want you to fall down the steps, but you're just like, we were going down, you're like, ooh, ooh, boy, okay. Go ahead and grab the railing. You know what I mean? Or if you did like horizontal pressing things, you should, you know, and you reach for something. You're like, oh, the old pecs are a little tired. That's a good indication in the, like, uh, in the very near term that what you did was stimulative. And then what we could look at later would be maybe some, some soreness in the next, you know, 24 to 48 hours after that. What are your thoughts? Are you still you're still harping on zero sugar? You still no. Do you want it? <laughs> no. Do you want a sip? Gonna, Is that why? No, we're we're, we're moving on. Uh, I, it, I don't know. So I would disagree uh, to a certain extent, only in that like there are certain days where it it isn't immediate for me, whether it's right after a workout or even later in the day, uh, that I feel quote-unquote, feel that I worked out. like. What about systemically? Right. So with, I think it, that's that's the thing, is, is, is week over week, you are feeling stronger. You feel that it has gotten harder and that you are getting something out of it. So your body is adapting to what you're doing. Now, if you just go forever and ever and you feel like, man, I've done six months of work and I don't, I don't feel anything. I have no changes, zero. Then obviously that's not great. Um, But I think it also depends on where you're strongest, right? Like so for squatting for me, I do three days a week of lower body work and have been doing that for a while. It isn't until more recently that it's like, okay, Monday's leg day, Tuesday I start to feel feel that the results of that but then Wednesday I feel great and I'm able to hit my legs again feel it a little bit on Thursday and so on and so forth and so I think it it's it's more person to person dependent and kind of where you're stronger um, to where you may not have that much adaptation or that much soreness in particular muscle groups regardless of how far you've pushed yourself I think that that could be a case of like we've discussed on previous episodes where women tend to not 
get as sore and as fatigued and can handle much more volume as can a more beginner uh, who's going to lift lighter loads compared to an advanced athlete. Yeah, you took that out of my mouth because that's what I was thinking too. So what we want to think about is not like uh, boys are stronger than girls so boys get more sore because that's not actually how it is. Is Ladies have a better recover, recovery ability than gentlemen do. Also, your ability to recover and your level of systemic fatigue that you take on is related to the absolute amount of load. So there's two things there. So if you're a lady and you're a 200-pound squatter versus if you're a guy and you're a 400-pound squatter, the absolute load there is obviously twice as much. So the fatigue generated is going to be higher. And then when you pair on top of that, that ladies recover better and faster than guys do, there's a significant difference there. So again, yeah, we have to keep those things in mind too, that there are some things with your physiology that aren't the same. Uh, and that it doesn't actually matter that much from the day-to-day perspective, as long as you understand how you recover. Like the person across from you, how they recover, like frankly, doesn't matter to you. It's only you. Right. So again, as we're talking about this, it just goes back to like, we want you to be thinking athletes. We want you to think about your training, how it is affecting you, how it's affecting your daily life and, and understanding the difference between like, I'm feeling sore versus I'm hurt versus potentially like there's something injured, right? We want to avoid that at all costs as much as we can. Um, And just being mindful of what we're doing to recover in a natural sense um, to ensure that we're getting the most out of our training. So to segue in a different direction, what if you have somebody who just doesn't get sore? Quote, unquote, I don't get sore. So I think we've all coached people like this who oftentimes are coming from a background of having engaged with fitness for a while and do a lot of exercising and claim that they have the ability to, or seem to indicate that they have the ability to do a tremendous amount of exercise without seeing negative effects. Um, And then obviously, in a different situation, a more controlled situation, we find that perhaps their ability to recover isn't isn't as great as they think it is. Yeah, I think, again, it goes back to, to your training um, and, and how much effort that you put into it. And obviously, we did a whole podcast about this. Um, you know, for a long time, that was me. Like, I'd feel quote unquote, wrecked after a workout, like I exerted a lot of effort in the moment, uh, whatever that looked like, but was fine, ready to go and felt like I could do it all over again, day over day, week over week, month over month. Um, But training and focusing on specific goals, now understanding like, oh, this is what it means to truly train muscle for this purpose um the level of training is just different and it's 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 making that adjustment and understanding that adjustment uh as you pursue your fitness yeah i think like you can like i could do 10 sets of 10 back squats 
at 95 pounds and it's like a, a ton of volume on paper but it's not like I wouldn't I wouldn't like be sore from that because it's so like that's not even you know what I mean that's not anything close to a working weight for me so it's not going to challenge me at all so I think some people can get caught in that uh, thing where they're doing a lot or they work out a lot but they aren't the effort that they're putting forth each session isn't actually anything to like cause an adaptation or it's the same as like we've talked obviously about overload a lot on this podcast it's the same idea like if you just do the same thing every single time and you just walk in and you're like well I do this for this and I do this for this and I just throw the pin in this and then do that then it's like yeah you're probably not going to get sore because you're adapted to that you've done the same thing a million times so I think people can get into that thing where they're like, I am doing a lot of volume, but the volume they're doing isn't doing anything for them because they're like, I'm going to do 10 sets of squats. Like I'm, I don't, it sucks. I'm not going to like actually make it count. Yeah. I think that's, that was kind of the point I was alluding to is if you're never sore, like literally never, that's a probably an indication of your effort, not your recovery ability is that you're nowhere close to like your proximity to failure is far basically, or you're not working at weights that are progressive and challenging you, or you're manipulating your technique so that you can try to chase a certain number, whether it's reps or weight. And obviously we've talked about that before. So you have to think about what your ultimate intention is for physical exercise. And so if your intention is to just quote unquote, get work done, then that's fine. By all means, go nuts. But just don't be shocked if you don't really move anywhere in terms of your physique or strength or whatever direction you want to move in, capability. Instead, what we would probably advocate is um, jump off of the volume train a little bit and every single set you do, you think about how you're going to get the most out of it. And kind of get yourself away from I'm going to do a certain amount of reps because nobody cares how many reps you do and you're not going to remember 10 minutes later and so we want to think about if we're in that spot where we're, we're working out very often and we really never get sore and we listen to the deload podcast and we're like yeah I don't need that I think I'm just a savage like unfortunately maybe just not working as hard as you need to work yeah it's your your perceived effort Right. I did more. Right. I did 10 sets of 10. So I did more than somebody who did five sets of six. And the reality is, is if that person that did five sets of six, it's something that was challenging for them versus like, oh, yeah, I know I can do 10 sets of 10. uh, That person got a lot more out of it and is more likely to feel sore like they did something more. Um, and are going to get more out of it in the long term. For sure. Boom. Boom. We got it. Try hard. Recover hard. I feel like that's some shirt somewhere. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, that's more than one it's shirt. Like, it's like uh, train yeah. hard, recover harder, eat more. Yeah. <laughs> live sore. That is a company. I know. Yeah. You shouldn't live sore. You shouldn't be in a constant state of soreness. No. That's not a good idea. If that is the one thing you you take away from this podcast. You shouldn't live sore. You can be a little sore. Don't train sore. That's insane. That's what thoughtless people do. And you're not thoughtless. You're thoughtful. That's it. Thinking athletes. All right.
A little bit of zero sugar pop every once in a while. I never heard anybody take it either. We'll see you next time. See ya. <laughs>